so much for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name's Samos. I'm with my good friend Matt Garber. And Hello. this is season three, episode one of the new year. Why are y'all still listening? We are still here talking two We're just years yapping. in. It's like 60 hours of content. We've crossed over into 2020, 2020 vision for season three, episode one. Are you ready for a new decade? I'm ready for a new decade. We're recording for spoilers. We're recording this in November. But Sam, do you have any resolutions for the new year? I'd like to get a second dog. Okay. That's I thought like resolutions were like self-improvement. That would be self-improvement. Not like purchases. My joy would expand. Okay. <laughs> do you have I don't any? know if I have any resolutions. I was going to say, do you have any? I'd probably be less of a jerk. Mm. It's probably my resolution every year and <laughs> you can see how that's going. It's going pretty well. Pretty well for Swimming, you. Swimmingly, in swimmingly. fact. In January. This is the most November January I've ever been part of. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice balmy 65 here in Charleston. Mm, balmy. Yeah. Balmymasters.com. Ew. <laughs> Just sounds like clammy and uncomfortable. Like, have you ever been like a place that's super humid and you sit outside and it's like a varnished wood table and the table's just all sticky. Yeah, that was but my... But not from the last patron, but just from how gross it is outside. That's my vacation to Cancun I took two years ago. That's like whenever someone says the word balmy, that's what I think of. Yes. The nasty, overly varnished table. Yes, it's just sitting out the, uh, Yep. <laughs> yep, it's a little bit sandy, but not like Ugh. because anyone put it there. It just kind of blew in. It just, yeah. Some seagull like just fell off kind of flew over yeah drop some sand on it if i'm clipping i apologize i was telling sam how my kid will run into my office and he'll just like turn all the knobs on my pre (laughs) so this is like every every episode is just like a mass reset (laughs) i apologize in advance if there's clipping at the beginning of this episode i like this intro so we're just gonna roll with this great so today's 2020 is starting off at a pretty solid, uh, I'd say, yeah, one intro, we're good to go. One intro, let's do it. We've done this for two years. We're also pitching it to everybody that, you know, unpacking it or whatever. We don't know what we're doing for 2020. Yeah. This is a long decade. We got 10 years ahead. 10 years. We're Will not sure podcast if we're... be around Oh yeah, 10 years? It's going to be virtual. People will be able How to watch us. How many episodes will that be? <clears throat> That'll be 260 Excellent. More episodes if we stick to our current because we're 26 episodes a year. Mm-hmm. So times 10. Is that math right? 10 times yeah, 26 would be 260. Yeah. Plus the amount we've already done. Yeah, plus the episodes that I next. So we'd be just a little over 300 probably. <laughs> so in the next 10 years, we're going to have 40 that just don't make it to air. You know, we're, we're going down, we're only downhill. <laughs> oh, perfect. Feel like we peaked in year one and a half. Perfect. <laughs> we'll so see. Sam, what is uh, what's today's episode about? Today's episode, I'm super stoked about. It's one of my favorite topics, and uh, we've talked about it, the idea of it before. 
but we have not done an episode on it. And today's topic is community versus competition and why community is better than competition. And I'm very excited about this one. We choose community over competition. That's probably the the better title. (laughs) Yeah, and I apologize if I sound like a frog. I'm getting over a cold. And uh, this uh, this is like a super like millennial sounding episode. And I probably could not be hated by like the hippie loving millennial community more <laughs> that I don't feel like I associate with just because I'm like, I'm all like tough love and like my kid runs into the, I don't know, he runs into the garage door like, well, guess you won't do that again. And not really like that much of a coddling person. Um, I, I'm a, I feel like I'm a loving dad, but when you do something stupid, you got, you kind of, you kind of deserve it. However, um, this is a topic that it's like, I just want to be very out front and open with that this is not some hippy-dippy millennial bullcrap <laughs> and that like what we touch on is, um, yeah, it's not all like lovey and dovey and like good feeling, but I do want to touch on why competition while it is good it can also be caustic yeah um so there is i ran across this quote a couple years ago um and i think it's like an african proverb or whatever it's probably just some dude and (laughs) sitting in his underwear and half baked eating a bag of doritos in a beanbag chair (laughs) just thinking about it but anyway uh the quote is if you want to go fast go alone Uh, But if you want to go far, go together. And I've been talking with a handful. I'm just taking this whole monologue thing, just kind of going. Go, come Uh, on. Yeah. Um, I've been talking with a lot of people around Charleston about how we have this cool scene. And it's uh, we had a lot of cohesiveness a couple years ago and I felt like everybody was moving forward and there was a lot of support moving everything forward um, <clears throat> and everyone was good moving in that central direction um, but now it feels like even though everyone's still moving forward they're kind of moving forward in their own direction which even though that's still forward if it's not necessarily together towards a pr- like the same general goal and it's like you don't even have to like each other <laughs> Like that's like the funniest part about all of this. You don't even have to like each other for it to work. And it's like you just need to move towards the goal of I want what is going on here to succeed. And I want like what is so awesome about what is happening here. I want to be experienced by other people who do not live here, who when they come here, they specifically come here to see like an indie show. And it's like, that's like the coolest thing to me. Um, so it's like, and I, I felt like a lot of that was, a lot of it had kind of like fallen apart um, when, there were, when there were two big events, I feel like that happened. I felt like there was a podcast that was really holding a lot of the network here together that ended up stopping. And then there was a, there was a very big radio personality who was super heavy into um, the indie scene culture here. 
and uh, and he passed away. So ever since then, I feel like everyone's kind of gone out uh, in their own direction as opposed to moving forward in a unified manner. And I feel like when you're moving forward in your own uh, in your own direction, even though it's forward, I feel like that's when the whole caustic amount of competition definitely comes out. And so, and then you get into a place that has a decent amount of saturation, like say Nashville, which doesn't need to move forward, um, or it has already moved forward uh, together in its past. And so now it can just kind of do what it's doing and everyone's kind of moving out in their own direction, which is the natural progression of things. However, if you're already an established, uh, if you're an established scene, whatever, uh, that's fine and that's that's sustaining because now you're essentially a hub where people come and a resource for people who want to create that certain thing. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where that where that derived from is that if you want to go fast you go alone. And that's a lot of these people who you see online mm-hmm. who are doing the whole free ebook, free course, or do this or do this. Let me catch your attention real quick. Or like doing all those like BS comments on uh, people's posts and you have like people who like assign bots to things or something like that. And it's like you post a hashtag and then that bot automatically responds and stuff. And it's just like there's nothing about this that will promote you, <laughs> that will like <laughs> elevate you up. And it's like, okay, yeah, you have 20,000 followers. What does that actually mean? Because you have like four people who like your pictures and they're all bots. Right. So it's like that doesn't actually move you forward. And then even if someone does buy your ebook, like what does that actually then, then do? Okay, now yeah. you have like however much that's worth. So it's like, yeah, you could... <laughs> if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you also go alone, just know that you can go in the wrong direction really fast as well. <laughs> so, and that that's why it's like, I, I always felt like, and this is coming from an introvert, so someone who does not naturally recharge around other people. Um, I still find an incredible, incredible value and worth in community of in a community of like-minded people who want the exact same thing given as far reaching as that goal may seem or far out as that goal may seem i feel like if everyone's moving towards a general goal in a general direction uh with a general mindset you'll definitely get there a lot quicker and i'm not saying you need to have like cult-like meetings <laughs> in order to make that happen but in general like keeping people accountable and like checking up on people and it's like people have slow times and you don't always you're not always able to define what a slow time is and it's like it could be something that you created it could be something that like you're lacking doing it so i uh, for my other business i go over to asia every single October on the exact same set of weeks in October to November, and it's just something that happens. Well, I can't promote my business back end of September all through October because guess what's going to happen? Guess when every single project is going to need to be mastered? Those however many days I'm gone. So 
It's like I have a natural slow time that I create. So I then use that time to be productive. And if I need to do any maintenance on my gear, if I need to do anything, that's that's generally when I take care of that. That and then, I mean, December is a normal slow time and um, I'll kind of dial in anything I need to dial in then. So it's like it could be a slow period that you create or it could be just something weird, a natural lull in business. And so you need that community literally be like, hey, man, are you okay? And like... You kind of you kind of look depressed, and it's like someone like <laughs> does this full time, and they're like literally struggling to pay their bills. So it's like competition is have is is healthy though, yeah. and I think uh, I, I think I'll get into that later. But I kind of want to touch. I kind of want to hand it off to you, Sam, on the whole community aspect, and if you have anything to add to the whole moving forward together as opposed to like going alone, because I'm like. Always like even going into like the whole military college, it's like they say like, oh well, you can you know you can't do this alone. You need like you need your brothers around you and all that other stuff. And it's like ah, screw that. I can do this all alone. Yeah, and I don't need any of that. But yeah. coming out of it, you're like, yeah, glad I had y'all. That really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm curious of I'm curious of your input, Sam. Well, I can confidently say that community to me is extremely important. Um, I find that competition is really birthed out of, not that competition is always bad, but the majority of people that partake in the competition race or comparison, it's really birthed out of, to me, a scarcity mindset. Um, And when I speak about competition, it's more so about people viewing each other in the same field as being competitors, which is something that people ask, you know, us about a lot is like, you know, our Matt and I competition. We're in the same exact field. Some of the genres we like, we do crossover in. And I genuinely don't view Matt as competition, nor do I view really anyone in mastering as competition because I firmly believe that everyone has something to bring to the table. And with the gift of creation we have, there will always be an unlimited abundance of music that can be created by new artists and new people, and that will require new mastering engineers who can meet those needs. So my view of competition is very much, um, I guess, friendly, (laughs) that if I was to compete um, against someone, it would be the mindset of more so I'm curious about what I can learn from my competition. Like, what do you know that I don't know that would be beneficial to my workflow? What do you do on a daily basis that I could implement that I've never thought of? And this almost flips the script on the whole thing to where your competition can become your community because if your competition is willing to be in community with you and share things such as Here's how I do my workflow. Here's how I do my invoicing. Here's how I process things. Here's how I use this piece of gear. You really can go further in that anytime I spend time with another mastering engineer, even if they're a brand new, you know, just starting their career or someone who's super old and is like a veteran, I always learn something. Like I'm constantly learning things about life in general. 
And what we do is so much more than just mastering as well. And so for anybody who thinks that competition is just comparing master to master, you probably haven't been in business long enough to understand that mastering is such a small part of what it means to have a career in this industry. And that's something that's something to me where those that have been in the industry long enough and are actually making this a career, you do not have a career without community, in my opinion. Um, I think that there are those that maybe at one time had community and now are super successful and have chosen not to have community anymore because they're insecure about people coming up or younger guys stealing their work or things like that. But I genuinely believe that what I see in Nashville and what I've experienced is when I flip my mindset from viewing everybody as competition to, hey, what can I learn from them? You know, what what are they doing that's working for them? And, you know, how can I help them and how can they help me? When I started doing that, I found my career and my work just like explode. And it took me a long time to realize like the first three years I was here, I spent so much time working in my room alone that I basically had my mental breakdown after my gear became my best friends. Like I neglected all my relationships I had. I neglected my marriage. I neglected my family, my friends, uh, all in this mindset that I had to hustle and grind 24 seven and figure out how to beat my competition in order to thrive here. And really what ended up happening is I was just exhausted and, I wasn't doing great work. And because I had isolated myself and viewed everybody as competition, it made me really kind of this like, uh, I was almost like choking the flow of life and career because mm-hmm. I just was unwilling to, um, I don't know, I was unwilling to socialize. I was scared of like talking to people because I thought maybe I would give away like my secrets even though I had no career. <laughs> so it was like, mm-hmm. like, often we, I think, within competition, we shut ourselves down from working with people or sharing things with people because we think on some level that what we've figured out is like groundbreaking or like our unique selling point. And basically what I learned in all, I mean, 10 years of doing this with the last six and a half in Nashville is that like my unique selling point is just me. It's just my ears. It's the way I approach things. It's the way I hear things. It's the way I talk. It's the way I help people get their masters. It's the way I onboard them, process them, and then help them release music publicly. Like it goes back to what I was saying is like mastering is such a small part to what we do and how we have a successful community and business that those that view everyone as competition, they are really missing out on the joy of work and the joy of the industry. And that to me is kind of like something you don't learn until you've been in the industry long enough. And I've found just with my community that I've created, um, A, I used to be a part of what I thought was community, but really it was just toxic people I used to get drunk with the first few years I was here. And I thought that was community, but really that was just like a community of miserable people. And so we all like found camaraderie and being miserable and not having enough work and we would just come and shoot the shit and drink and talk about what we're not really doing <laughs> in hopes that something would change. And until I really stopped doing that and sat down and 
I mean, for me, I had to go to therapy and go to counseling and figure out, okay, reality is this isn't sustainable. I'm not doing the work I like, the work I want to be doing, and I'm not the person I want to be, you know, doing this. And I had really compromised um, a lot of myself when I first moved here. And I think even with those original people that I would go out with, I would view them as competition. Like, that was kind of it. Like, we'd all talk about wanting to do work, but at the end of the day, there were so many little, like, qualms and fights that happened over the same artists that we're all trying to work with, and we all viewed each other as competition, when in reality, like, if we would have just all worked together, we could have probably created something great for the artist, but it was such a scarcity mindset that so many people have, which is like, oh, I've got to do everything for this person. Like, I need to engineer, I need to produce it, I need to songwrite it, and I need to master it, and then I need to help them do social media marketing. And to me, all that births out of like a scarcity mindset that there is not enough to go around, so you've got to gather all the nuts, essentially, (laughs) for yourself in preparation for the nuts running out. (laughs) And I'm going to stop saying nuts. But to me, like, until I really really understood that we make things better when we're creating together, like better end products happen when we embrace that each pe- each person can actually bring something to the table, their expertise. And I've noticed that in every project where we hire a producer who basically only produces, an engineer who basically only engineers, even like a drum engineer specific who just like is a beast at engineering drums, that makes such a huge difference than just hiring like a general engineer who can run pro pro tools and like set up some basic mics. Anytime I find people that invest into the thing wholeheartedly like that and value the benefit of community, that's those are people like I want to be in community with. And within that, like I don't know. The benefit of what comes out of that is just incredible. Like the camaraderie that comes out of allowing people to do what they do best and seeing people like come alive in their thing they do best is so empowering. And that to me is where like the real magic happens. And I think that, you know, if you want to, you want to go fast, like you go alone. Like I, I think that's, kind of true, you know, <laughs> I found like, maybe you're just like, I almost view it more as like, um, as a road runner who's just like spinning his legs, getting ready to go yeah. fast. <laughs> he's not going anywhere, but he's that going fast. And, uh, <laughs> the whole, I think the whole cast of Scooby-Doo does yes. that too. Everyone who's run. just basically on a treadmill. And like the bongos. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bongos play. The <laughs> <laughs> that's to me yep. like the view of the person going along, going alone and fast is like they're going fast on a treadmill. Like the number says 15 miles an hour, <clears throat> but they're not going anywhere. And so they're just like exhausted. Whereas like the community to me is like, let's just <laughs> like, go. Have you, ever, have you ever been like at a stop sign on an icy road? Yes. And you just put the pedal down just to, with the, so the wheels spin and exactly. the speedometer like slams up to 30. Yep. But you're just sitting there spinning your wheels, not going That's anywhere. That's that for me. Yeah. It's not until you actually go like, you start out at a steady pace with legitimate traction. Right. And then you build up to like, where you actually need to be exactly to drive at a safe speed. Yeah, and that to me is like that's 
the visual of community. Community like gives you yeah. a foundation. Community gives you consistency. Community can help you out when you're like sick or like you need help with something like you were saying. And that to me is what I found like when we are in community community together then if something happens like we all come together and that's something that's really special about the attack and release show community and why we even do this podcast still three years in because Matt and I make no money off this podcast. We don't do any ads. We cannot be bought. We are not sponsored. And we've basically decided to keep that keep it that way because we just enjoy the community. The pureness of the community that has been created out of this is incredible. And the amount of conversations we have with people who I literally didn't even know existed. But now we have like, I'd say like, 50 new friends over two years of like people that talk to us on a regular basis about what they're doing and what they're struggling with and what we're struggling with. And we bounce ideas off each other and ask questions. And a lot of the people I talk to, we end up talking about like real life stuff, which is to me the most important stuff because if you're not a whole happy human, then you're not going to be able to do great work. So we end up talking about like, food or lifestyle or nutrition or relationships or, you know, dogs or even like what kind of wine do you like drinking? Like all these things that makes a community a community. Like in order to have a community, you have to have more than just one thing, in my opinion. Communities are deep and wide, whereas like competition is all surface level. Competition, I'm never comparing like, what do they eat for breakfast? Whereas, like, my community, I'm like, hey, bro, what are you eating for breakfast? That looks yummy. Like, I care huh. where I'm like, I want to know how you made that. Where my competition, I'm like, my mindset's just like, oh, is my master better than their master? How loud is it? Let me measure that. Loud, loud. Oh, I'm a little louder. Okay, cool. Oh, mine's a bit punchier. Don't like, get me wrong. If I see someone cooking a steak on the internet or, like, on Instagram or something, I'm like, I bet I could cook a better steak. <laughs> <laughs> Need to have a steak off. But, I mean, like, to a degree... To a degree, competition is healthy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not so against like, competition in that it's, I don't know, it's, I almost don't even view, I don't know, you can speak more on the competition because my view of competition is like, I don't even care about it anymore because I'm just kind of doing my thing and I don't really think about like, is someone outperforming me? Because that's not my end goal. I think it's all based on like what your goal is of doing things. Now I will like maybe I'm just spinning competition. Like I'll compare my work to like people I like, other people's work, just to see like how does this sound? Like what are they mm-hmm. doing? Because there's plenty of records I hear where I go like, holy crap, that sounds great. Like who yeah. worked on that? Where was it recorded? How did they do that? And how do you get your drums to hit like that or something? I mean, that's literally the crime of not like crediting. Yeah. It's like, how many times do I go and I look at, like, I, I hear something and I go and I look it up and I can't even find like the freaking producer who's right. probably like the number one person you'd list. Exactly. The person the artist has worked with the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, so I'm not going to find the mix engineer, the mastering engineer, or anything. Right. Because I'm going to want to go and find the mix engineer, the mastering engineer, and then go listen to other things that they've done. Yes. And then, like, hey, what are they working with? And, like, what other, 
like who are they working with and like I want to know like their process not from like a nosy like like nosy neighbor type of thing but just like a I just think the way that people work differently is really cool like agreed Sam you showed me how you work and that would never work for me and that's completely fine because you turn out an incredible sounding master so Thank you. But like for me, just mentally, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. And but it's like I have my own process, and I'm sure when uh, I'm sure there are people who see the way that I work, and be like, man, why are you doing that? That's like going over your shoulder to scratch your ass. Like, what are you doing <laughs> that for? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think that's I mean, my view of like competition. When I want to find out who did something, it's more so out of a now it's like a gratuity of like I just want to say like man thank you for making this freaking awesome art that I'm enjoying like you literally made my day with the way this song sounds like that's kind of my my view of it all is when I want to find someone and figure out who did this album like one of the albums I'm obsessed with right now is um, the band Camino and that album just freaking goes and I've had a hard time figuring out who did what. So if anybody's listening and knows who worked on the band Camino, I saw a couple things online, but it looked like it was old, uh, hmm. old album credits from past albums, not the new one. Um, let me know. But that album, when I heard it, I was just like, whoa, this is sonically very interesting and awesome. And it just put a big smile on my face. It's one of those records where I was just like, Whoever, whatever team this was, if it was a team, which I'm assuming it was, even if it wasn't just the band, like that's the power of community. Like you get a record that stands out like that where you're like, holy crap, this is not someone who went alone. This is someone or lots of people who came together and probably beat this thing up and just let it, you know, become the best it could be. And that to me is like, you know, my competition isn't competition. It's more like it's just people I want to like listen to and thank for making great art. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's how I like spin it. But what are your thoughts, man? I want to hear your your thoughts on how competition is healthy because there's probably something I need to learn. So so speak. <laughs> One more thing on crediting yes. and why like the lack of it's bullshit. So like, I was listening to like. I think it like something came across on Spotify for me, and uh, I think it was like a, like one of the new Billie Eilish songs. And I was like, oh, I wonder if she's still using the same team. And it's like I know that like kind of like what they do through production and everything. And I was like, wonder if they're still using the same mastering engineer. Just kind of like who's still on the bill? Yeah. And it's like you, uh, even like on a song that was like that like big of a thing, you can't even find the freaking credits for it. Right. And I'm sure they're out now, but I looked it up like the morning that it came out uh, when I heard it, just because that's really when I was interested. And so, I don't know. I just think the lack of crediting is pretty criminal. I mean, especially when like going to the military college I went to, I'd literally get kicked out of school if I lied, cheated, stole, or tolerated anyone. Like I was in knowledge or possession of the knowledge that someone had done one one of those things. I could be kicked out of school for like toleration of that, for i.e. for allowing that to happen around me. So <clears throat> coming into where like now, like I could literally be kicked out of school for not citing a source. 
on like an essay because it's technically unhonorable. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why they call it an honor code. And it's like literally you go before like a trial of your peers and something called an honor court with like every, uh, what I call it? I'll just call it every company selects their own honor representatives of like the senior class and they're, and then they're training the juniors to then replace them. And so like you were literally tried before these and you have like a defense and you have a prosecution, like a legitimate thing. And it's whether or not you will be kicked out of school. And it can be for something as stupid as not citing a source. Like you can literally cite Wikipedia and you'll get an F on the paper, but you won't be kicked out of school. Yeah. So it's like I literally like, and that was kind of weird because it's like I was a I, I minored in philosophy, and so I'm quoting a lot of books here, and so I just literally just cite absolutely everything, and it's like, well, you can't. You also have to prove an intent to deceive. Yeah. And so I just I don't know. I just I just feel like it's next to criminal. Yeah. Like the lack of crediting. And I'm not like, oh, I wish I had credits on this. <laughs> it's like, that's not what it's from. <laughs> right. It's like literally, I want to know who did what. And I just can't find it. And why are people not getting credit for the things that they're working on? So I don't know. Because if I like something and somebody worked on it, I want to be able to shoot them a message and be like, hey, I really love this release. Like, keep up the good work. Because that's that's not a shitty thing to do. And to tell people they're doing a good job because I'm sure that no one else is telling them that. Mm-hmm. And they're really not telling them that if people can't figure out who the hell they are. So, somebody need to get on that. <laughs> so, <clears throat> anywho, about competition in yeah, the 11 minutes that we have left for this. So, I feel like competition does three things among most. And this is healthy competition, not unhealthy. Healthy competition keeps you focused, it makes you stay in your lane, and it keeps you honest. Um, So, for instance, uh, the other company that I run, uh, we produce a product, we manufacture a product. And that product is sold on Amazon. Well, one company wants exclusivity and is helping us out quite a bit, Um, we also allow another company to sell on Amazon who, um, we more want them to take on a European market, but that's a little, that's a little off the paces. Um, the question really arises, what would happen if we just allowed exclusivity for one company on Amazon? There's nothing to hold them accountable yeah. There's nothing keeping them honest. There's nothing that's keeping them focused. And also, there's no like metric to playing against them saying, oh, well, you're doing a good job. So it's like, while I could give them a whole market, it's like there's nothing holding them to what they say they're going to do. Yeah. So that's healthy, comp- healthy competition. It keeps you focused. You stay in your dang lane, and it keeps you honest. And... <clears throat> I think there's a I think there's quite a bit to be said about integrity. Now don't get me wrong, there is a very 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 unhealthy side to competition where it just gets you in trouble. So it's like and that really like re- that really lies around the part of like when it starts to get the best of you and then you just like sit and you stew and you like 
You're making up all like these, like you're sitting in your room and you're making up all these like fake fights that you're never going to have in your head <laughs> <laughs> with other people. And like, you're just like letting it manifest into like this hate and envy and resentment that doesn't actually like even have a place to exist. Mm-hmm. And you literally just like reach this place of like, man, I hate this person. Like when I used to, in high school, I used to wrestle for three years and, uh, it was a very testosterone and fueled fueled three years and I would just like see this person from this team that like kind of looked like my weight class but I didn't really know all I really knew is like man I really hate this guy's face <laughs> it's like man I just I, I I hope we're in the same weight class like I just like I just want and I would just like go through match after match after match just like wanting to like destroy people but like for the sole fact of like they did nothing wrong to me but I wanted to get to that one dude who like I just like I had to win enough so that I could get to that guy and I just like hoped that like he was in my bracket (laughs) but it could (laughs) I would like plot out my path to them and then it's just like I'd either like it would either be the quickest match or I would get my ass absolutely handed to me Mm -hmm. and that's unhealthy competition where you're literally picking out someone and be like, I can't wait to punch this dude in the face. <laughs> so, but like, okay, so I guess that's good in a sporting thing. And in wrestling, you get to take it out pretty easily. Um, but you don't want that to manifest into like an actual hate and envy of like, oh, they have this gear and I only have this gear. I, I've been doing this longer than they have. And, all this stuff and you're just like envious of like where they are and it's like you don't know like you don't know where they are it's like they could literally just be like up to their eyeballs in credit card debt yeah and you have no idea about any of this so yeah you can just let this manifest into hate envy and resentment and my grandfather actually had a really good saying um he like he had so many quotes that my cousin and I, when we were growing up, we said, we gave him a journal and be like, yo, just write your quotes down. We said, we say yo to my grandfather. Yo. <laughs> uh, yeah, write your quotes down because like we grew up with them and we just want to make sure we always like remember them. And he actually filled up two journals and we got them like semi published. Hmm. Um, and which is great. I mean, he like, um, yeah, just like giving them out to people and whatnot. And uh, he passed away this past March. And uh, it's just, it's nice because we have like that part of him that was always like so witty and so quick. And his mother was an English teacher and he, like, she's who he got a lot of the quotes from. And the one that is pretty important about hate is hate in the vessel in which it is stored does more damage than unto whom it is poured. So it's essentially the crap that essentially you are bestowing uh, unknowingly onto somebody else. Mm-hmm. So like it's just like all this hate and rage and envy that you have for this other person because of competition and all this like unhealthy place that you've worked yourself into. It's more damaging to you than it is than it will ever be to them. Yeah, because they'll never know like what all is like fueling and all like built up. So it just like get over that crap. And don't get me wrong, I need to take my own advice because I hold grudges like a mother. So <laughs> it's just, I need to let it go too. Um, so I am I am not perfect whatsoever. But I mean, uh, any other mastery engineer in town, I mean, they're, to me, they're not competition. It's just, 
it's like, yeah, you. And in my opinion, like if I haven't gone out and met you yet, like there's this like older guy who's really, really, really like popular in the mastering community, and uh, like he's like done Kanye stuff and whatnot, and um, I think he did the the Pablo album. I don't know, maybe the one before that. And I, I actually think he did a couple of them, and. Uh, I don't know why I've just never gone over to like say hi. I just kind of consider him like a colleague. I don't even know what I would say <laughs> if like I ever went up to them. So I don't even consider them competition. I'm just like, yeah, they're just like colleagues. And but it's like I don't know how to make that community. I think I've talked about this guy on like previous podcasts. Yeah, and I just don't know how him. to approach that. <laughs> I know I have to. I have to figure this out. So if anyone has any advice, I'm open to being counseled. <laughs> so. I don't know. I'm not saying that I'm right in any of this thinking. Um, so, but I just feel like community is so much better to be a part of than competition because competition is lonely. And uh, well, it while a healthy dose of competition will keep you focused, it will make you stay in your lane, and it will preserve your integrity and your honesty to your client. Um, I don't think that taking it much beyond that is really healthy. So I much would rather just go and live in community with other people and be like, hey, I'm cooking steaks this weekend. You want to come over? I saw this guy on YouTube. I bet I can cook a better steak than him. He sent him the video. He's like, <laughs> it looks pretty good. And then I'm like, yeah, I know, but mine's going to be better. And yeah, you have some beers, you hang out. So uh, I'd much rather do that and just have like-minded friends that you can just shoot the shit with and talk gear with and, I don't know, just kind of riff with. Yeah. So And do life with. So That's what that's, we do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't consider you a colleague. I definitely consider you a very close friend. Right. So, yeah. That's, uh, I, think that's, I think that's all I got. It's great. I like that. I'm right on time. I'm like three minutes early. Boom. You got anything, Sam? No, I feel good. I had a nice, <laughs> nice monologue to start the year. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say a nap. <laughs> nice, I had a nice nap. <laughs> I do take naps. I had a nice monologue. No, like, like mid me talking. <laughs> no. <laughs> None of that. I took a nap. No, I don't nap during this podcast. I think I'm good. You can take us home. Cool. Anywho, <clears throat> so I don't know as of this, I think this episode will be posting January 1st. Happy New Year. Um, I don't know how much merch we have left. <laughs> I won't know. It's the future. Probably next um, time. Yeah. It, it def- supplies will definitely be dwindling down. Um, we will have had a great Black Friday sale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So it is the Tuesday before Black Friday currently. Thank you to everyone who um, bought on Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. And I hope you enjoyed your free pair of socks that we'll be giving out with every order that goes out <laughs> over between Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So yes. thank you in advance if you if you did that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, if uh, if there's anything left, <laughs> if there's anything left at the merch store, feel free to make a purchase. Um, it's. Uh, I don't know how much of a profit Sam and I will make off anything. I think we'll, we we might make back our money. We might make a little bit of a profit. Say, we're not um, doing it for money. 
Yeah, it's more just like the community aspect of it, and it's just kind of fun and quirky. And uh, there are a couple little facets that I definitely like next year and in following years I want to refine. Yeah. And I mean, we still don't know what the hell we're doing. Nope. So I just, uh, yeah, the goal is just to like kind of like have like a community of people who just kind of love what we're doing and like let's all engage. Um, and I like that. Yeah. So it's great. So yeah, uh, thank you. If you have purchased stuff from the merch store, if there is anything left, feel free to go and uh, ravage it. It's a uh, it's a pretty cool, quirky story. You get some stuff with uh, with some dad jokes in it, and it's a fun time. Um, I imagine Sam is queuing up a sweet beat from BizaBeats.com. Go buy Sam's beats if you want a beat. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, uh, morning, afternoon, evening. Whatever you're having, have a darn good one. Thank you again for being who you are and listening. Uh, literally, as this podcast is being recorded, we just hit the ticker over to 86,000 downloads. Woo! So thank you, thank you, thank you very much for uh, kicking off season three in a very jolly manner. And uh, yeah, thank you for sticking with us. So if you like what we're doing, leave some stars, likes, comments, iTunes would be fantastic so anywho morning afternoon evening whatever you're having have a darn good one see you on the next episode gotta tell me cue the music man I was building up for dramatic effect uh. <laughs> as I was forgetting to tell you to cue the music cue the music Sam cue it